This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, August 17th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Some home improvements can bring a financial return, while others don't. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest jobless numbers are out, while the minutes of the most recent meeting of the Fed have also been released. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home is Brian Westbury, chief economist with First Trust Advisors based in Wheaton, Brian, thank you for joining us today. Uh, the the Fedologists, I guess, if you want to call them that, are reading the tea leaves from the notes of the or the minutes, I should say, of the most uh, recent policy meeting. And there was still a great deal of concern shared by Hawk and Dove alike that uh, the fight against inflation is far from over, and there was some concern that maybe those uh, embers could be whipped up once again. Hey, hey, Rob, it's great to be with you. And Fedologist, uh, what a great, what a great word. The, the, uh, yeah, we, we all read the minutes. We read every word that the Federal Reserve says, and everyone's trying to figure it out. And just a couple of months ago, uh, everyone thought we were going to have what's called a soft landing. The Fed was going to raise rates just enough to slow things down and fix inflation. Uh, and uh, then they would be off on uh, cutting interest rates again. And now everyone's changing their mind, and that's why the market's uh, uh, taken a little bit of a hit here in the last uh, few weeks. Uh, Interest rates look like they are going to be higher and maybe even higher uh, than they are right now for longer. That's uh, sort of the way we talk about it, higher for longer, and that rate cuts aren't coming as soon. And then in the midst of all of this, the 10-year Treasury bond yield uh, has jumped all the way up to 4.3%. And if we kind of think about the last 10 years, that is a very high rate. Uh, and and, and uh, with it, mortgage interest rates have jumped. So all of a sudden, people have switched from this you know, perfect Goldilocks, soft landing scenario to one where the Fed's going to keep raising rates and keep them higher for longer. And, and what, what does that, the, 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 the bond yield reaching 4%, uh, what kind of signal does that send? What does that, what, what does that mean as far as predictions about the economy are concerned? Yeah, you know, and there's lots and lots of different ways to look at that. This is a great question. One way is that higher yields mean growth is now expected to be stronger because the more growth you have, the more inflation you have, the higher interest rate should be. But on the other uh, hand, uh, the, the, the higher the 10 year treasury or the higher interest rates are, the less future earnings are worth. Um, in other words, if you 
discount at a higher interest rate, a, a dollar today is worth less in the future uh, than it would be if you had lower interest rates. And and so so one one of the problems is if earnings are kind of flattening out, but the discount rate um, is rising, that 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 causes indigestion for for the stock market. And also, if you push up the mortgage rate. Uh, it means indigestion for for the housing market and other parts of the economy as well. So uh, that's that's the big worry. If if these interest rates stay higher, then then the stock market uh, it, it's in a little bit of trouble. I, I would argue today that the stock market with these uh, interest rates uh, is overvalued. And then one last thing. I mean, if 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 you can earn four and a half, five, five and a half percent in a CD or a three-month treasury bill or a 10-year bond, it's a pretty good alternative to stocks as well. And people are starting now to look at that as a place to, 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 to kind of run away from the uncertainty about the economy. So uh, these higher rates kind of mean a lot of different things, but I think all in all, they're more worrisome than they are beneficial. Brian Westbury, Chief Economist, First Trust Advisors in Wheaton. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, looking for value when making decisions on home improvements. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Home improvements can be judged on multiple levels, including the value to you and the value to future buyers. Let's get insight from Brian Wickert, President and Owner of Accident Mortgage in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Brian, thank you for joining us today. A lot of people, when they take out some money to embark on a home improvement project, always justify it by saying, well, we'll get it back when we sell the house. But the question I have to ask you, how often does that happen? I think the answer is it depends how long it is between the time you do the improvements and the time you sell. If it's really short, the answer in today's world, because let's face it, construction costs are high. Uh, You're not going to get it back. So you have to... I think do that improvement. I'm just going to throw out the number five years ahead of when you're going to sell. But then you you got to put into your calculus, you're going to enjoy it for those five years. And at the same time, though, where is where does the law of diminishing returns kick in when it comes to, let's say, uh, renovating a kitchen or a bathroom? Because we you know we had a bathroom project uh, last year, but it was also very necessary. It was it was a bathroom that had gone about twenty five years since its last renovation. The 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 glass shower door was falling off the wall. That was very necessary, and we weren't thinking about the resale value. We were thinking about the door falling off the wall and hitting someone. Right. I'll give you my personal story. When we sold a uh, property that I knew I was going to be putting on the market, we re- we did put in inexpensive granite. Okay, we didn't. That that would be an example of diminishing returns. We didn't get the grade six granite. We got the grade one, and then I didn't put in new cabinets. I had a professional painter come in and paint them. That's the kind of renovation that you might do if you know you're going to be selling soon. If you go top end on everything, you may never get that back. And then on top of that, uh, you also have to think about if, if you're financing, I would imagine, you have to add that to your mortgage and you have to add that to the monthly payment you're going to pay every month. And you kind of have to factor that into whatever the market value of your home is at that particular time. 
Absolutely. And then the other problem we're facing right now, Rob, uh, or homeowners are facing, is it's becoming increasingly expensive to borrow. You know, typically a person doing a home improvement of, let's say, fifty dollars or $100,000, they would go get a home equity line of credit. Well, the prime rate's at 8.5%. That makes it a lot more expensive. You know, I think we all got used to the prime rate being at 4%. And, you know, now we're talking about double that cost. So I think that's having a chilling effect on remodeling as well. But interestingly, even though mortgage rates are up for buying, you know, new properties, there's still more demand out there than supply. So we do not see home values going down in the Chicago area or in the Midwest in general. Now, if you uh, are kind of blanch at the interest rates, whether it's on a, a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit, uh, does it make sense just to wait maybe a year or perhaps two? You can grin and bear it through those uh, outdated uh, that outdated 90s wallpaper for a little while longer until the uh, financials make a little more sense? Yeah, or if you can afford it, you know, rates aren't going to stay high forever. Right. In fact, the forecast um, in terms of 30 year fixed rates is that we're going to be back down to six and a half or some say even around six by the end of this year. Right now, we're in the mid to low sevens. So the great thing about Illinois is it's a really cheap state in which to refinance, unlike many other states. So it's the saying has come about and I love it. Uh, marry the house and date the rate. So we're finding a lot of first time buyers, especially they still want to buy. They're willing to buy with a rate of seven and a quarter because they realize, hey, sometime in the not too distant future, I'm going to be able to get that lower rate. And now I have the house. Brian Wickert, president and owner of Accident Mortgage in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, defending against artificial intelligence generated cyber fraud. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday. Cyber fraud driven by artificial intelligence is a fast-growing threat. Let's get the latest on protecting yourself from Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, co-host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin and author of the book Swiped, based in Nashville, Tennessee. Adam, thank you for joining us today. What are the ways in which artificial intelligence, how is it giving scammers a leg up? Well, thanks for having me on the show, Rob. It's giving them a leg up because in the old days, you could spot something that was wrong in a communication that you got either supposedly from a boss or someone else where there was a logo issue, a spelling issue a typo issue, a grammatical issue. Today, with the chat GPT and AI, the communications are darn near perfect. So they're very, very difficult to discern what's real and what's not real. And that's why it's so important for consumers and businesses to make absolutely sure that anyone that they are communicated with uh, that comes to them either as if they're a person of authority or from a business or an institution they're doing business with, that they need to absolutely independently verify the identity of that person, the contact information of that person, and not rely on something that shows up in their email or even a phone call uh, with caller ID that looks like it's the right number or the right agency. We're, we're talking with Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, and the ability of AI to uh, uh, crawl for information about you means it could potentially uh, get things off of social media. It could even make deep fake videos based on things you post to Facebook or Instagram. 
No, that, that's absolutely true. And I mean, we've heard of cases now where people receive phone calls that they believe are from their relatives. And unlike the old days where the line was scratchy or the voice didn't sound exactly right, more and more AI is being able to get the nuances and the voices correct. So if you get a panicked phone call from a relative that is asking you for money or asking you for information or asking you to go down and get gift cards because you need to save them, the most important thing is find a, another way to communicate with them or another family member to confirm that the person you're communicating with is the right person. And the bottom line is uh, just if, if someone is calling you, say you'll call them back. Absolutely. Uh, I always say to people, first of all, if you get a call from a number that doesn't look familiar, uh, don't answer it. Listen for the voicemail. And then when you hear what agency or individual is coming from, independently verify their contact information and then make the call. But do not simply by rote listen to something and say, OK, I'm going to call back that number. Adam Levin, founder of Cyber Scout, co-host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin, and author of the book Swiped, based in Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead on this Technology Thursday, protecting kids' privacy on social media and online. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 105.9. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. Former athletes at Northwestern University issue a letter concerning hazing at the school. Search and identification crews on Maui face a daunting task. In Technology Thursday, gauging the risk of posting videos and pictures of children on social media. It may be a good idea for pet owners to set up a savings account for their furry friends. WBBM business. The markets are lower. The Dow is down 89 points. The Nasdaq is down 47. The S&P 500 is down 6. AccuWeather says for this afternoon, partly sunny and breezy, a high near 80. We have 79 degrees right now under partly sunny skies at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, more than a thousand former athletes at Northwestern University are speaking out through an open letter in the document obtained by ESPN. They condemn hazing in any form. They also also defend an athletics culture they say isn't represented or defined by the allegations made against some programs over the past weeks. The letter is signed by former athletes from every varsity sport at Northwestern. There are now more than 40 cadaver dogs helping with the search for bodies in Hawaii. Maui County Police Chief John Pelleter says additional resources are being set up to help with the identification. This is unprecedented. No one has ever seen this that is alive today. Not this size, not this number, not this volume, and we're not done. 
At least 111 people are confirmed dead from the wildfires. The identities of only about a dozen have been verified and released. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are lower once again. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Michael, thank you for joining us today. And uh, it seemed like the markets were struggling to get into positive positive territory at the beginning of the hour, but they have tumbled once again. Uh, what is driving today's sell-off? Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for having me on. You know, I think August just has been a tale of selling winners. And, you know, we I was on your show a few weeks ago, and I'd warned that we were getting we're getting a little frothy here in the S&P with it, over 4,500. It's now sold off 4% in August. It's still up close to or actually it's greater than 15% year-to-date. NASDAQ's still up 30% year-to-date, um, even though it's sold off 6% in August. So we got to keep it in perspective that things may have just gotten a little frothy and we're just selling off a little bit in, just in, in, sympathy, in sympathy to that. Um, there's nothing more to read here. There's not, not like there's a lot of bad news. Walmart came out with blockbuster earnings this morning and stocks down. I mean, that, that just shows you the mentality that's happening here in August. The, uh, the, the, the big retailers uh, have been reporting this week, and with the exception of Target, uh, most of the uh, budget-minded big-box stores did fairly well in the second quarter. And I haven't had a chance to address this just yet, but uh, Target was the, uh, the, the subject of a boycott over some Pride Month merchandise uh, that was sold during the month of June. And uh, they did acknowledge in the earnings call that that did impact their business. Now, is this a case of shoppers going to the competition because of that boycott, or they just found better deals elsewhere? I just think that like stocks like Walmart, companies like Walmart have a better product mix. So they offer consumer staples. That's still obviously selling. So Target doesn't have quite the diversification of products that, that some of these other uh, companies do, especially Walmart. So when you compare the two companies, it's just Walmart's in a much better competitive position. But also keep in mind, investors need to keep in mind that Walmart is priced for perfection. So, I mean, you're talking about a 37 PE stock as a retailer. That's almost unheard of. Um, and, and so the stock is down today, even though they crushed earnings. So, you know, and Target is priced for a disaster. So we actually think Target is a better value risk reward right now than Walmart is just because of that. But certainly the news out of Target has been has been horrendous. I, I just think that, in, you know, over the next year or two, Target's probably a better bet than Walmart. It is a better bet than Walmart just because of valuation. And then the minutes from the latest Fed meeting uh, uh, raised the possibility of more interest rate hikes to come. Does that mean they will hike in September? I mean, once again, uh, you, you hear those words, data dependent. Uh, what's the data pointing to? Well, the data is pointing to it's still mixed. So that the Fed's kind of just, you know, hedging its bets as far as what it, how it's saying things because it does want to brace investors for the chance of a of a rise. And of course, the thirty-year and the ten-year bond has sold off in in sympathy to that. So we've got thirty-year yields at four point four percent, ten years at four three. That's the highest it's been in a long time, and 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 that also has investors worried. So this is all happening in in August, and that's why we're seeing this sell-off. So we'll see what the Fed does. I don't think they move in September, but again, if numbers come in real hot, especially in the employment numbers, um, you know they they could. I just think that it's less than fifty percent at this point. 
Michael Palumbo, founder of MJP Capital and author of the book Calculated Risk, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, protecting the privacy of kids on social media and online. Discussing the news affecting your money. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday. There can be security issues in posting videos and images of children on social media. Let's discuss the potential danger with Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. And this is something every parent does. If they have a Facebook account or an Instagram account, uh, they post pictures of family vacations. And because it's late August and early September, uh, you're already seeing the annual pictures of the first day of school. What are some of the security concerns that arise from that, even if you have your Facebook account and your Instagram account under lock and key? Well, just those back to school boards of, you know, first day of the first grade, just those boards alone can give identity thieves enough information to steal kids' identities. And Barclays Bank predicts that sharenting, this is called sharenting, when parents overshare online about their kids, they predict that that will account for two-thirds of identity fraud facing young people um, and will produce some 7.5 million incidents per year of identity fraud by 2030. And I was talking with McAfee about this exact problem just last week, and they said that that, that identity fraud among children has just skyrocketed in the last year or two, and the biggest person to blame are the parents themselves. Now, when we talk about identity fraud against children, um, what's kind of the, the, the downstream effects of, of posting those pictures of your kids on social media? How is this showing up in terms of identity theft cases? Well, they are tapping into kids opening uh, credit cards under children's names. They are creating um, entirely fake humans out, out of this. Um, they are also, you know, this is just horrific to think about, but um, innocent photos and videos of kids originally posted on social media and family blogs accounts for more than half of the material found on pedophile image sharing sites. So the places that these photos show up and the places the information goes, absolutely mind boggling. We're talking to Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today. It's interesting to note that the founder of two of the social networks that uh, are, are are both uh, helpful and harmful uh, posted a picture of his child, Mark Zuckerberg, and distorted the face. Now, is this a very rich person trying to uh, hide the identity of his children from uh, people who would definitely try to harm them or kidnap his kids for ransom? Or is this just somebody who knows the harmful effects of of his own invention. He knows full well, Mark Zuckerberg knows full well the harmful effects of his own invention. Uh, Steve Jobs, when he was alive, he didn't let his kids use social media or his own iPhones. Mark Zuckerberg is very similar. The children have very limited screen time. Uh, it goes across the board. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates would not let their children have uh, unfettered screen time, and they do not post faces of their children, nor do many movie stars, because these people know the negative effects of it. And I, even I wrote a column about this a while ago, and I love 
bragging about my stunning, brilliant, and cherished beyond measure daughter, and I gush, and I embellish, and I overshare. That's who I am. I'm an insanely proud mom. That's who I am, but that's not at all who she is. And that's what matters the most. You know, we live so much of our lives on social media. Where do we draw the line with how much we share about our kids, especially when they're too young to have a say in the matter? The the point of all of this is this needs to be your kid's choice. This isn't your choice. And until they are old enough to, to make these decisions for themselves, you have to be the guardian of this information just like you are in every other part of their lives. Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, based in San Francisco. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday, Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, setting up a savings account for your pet. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Pets can be expensive at times, especially when it comes to veterinary care, but there's a way to prepare for issues and emergencies. We're joined by Tony Orgoric, founder of Orgoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Tony, thank you for joining us today. And boy, do dogs and cats and hamsters and gerbils and, uh, you know, fish, they really do have a, a real pull on us. And when it, when, and about, you've probably heard stories about this, too, where uh, you have a uh, someone has a pet emergency and they take on a second job to pay for the vet bill because they don't want to say no. So what are some things we can do to avoid taking on that second job when an emergency arises with one of our pets? Well, Rob, basically you have two choices. You know, one is to self-insure uh, and the other is to have pet insurance, which is going to cover some of these costs. You have to understand if you choose to self-insure, you know, you really ought to be putting money aside for the, you know, uh, probability that you're going to have to lay out some funds. And, and some of them can be, you know, very expensive. A dog may have a, need an EKG that may be $800. So um, there's that. The other thing you have to look at is the kind of breed that you're working with. If you're looking at dogs, certain breeds have certain types of defects that could be very expensive. Uh, you need to know that going in. Uh, so really, uh, to avoid, you know, having to take up that second job, probably ought to be putting some uh, some money away on a regular basis because, you know, expenses are going to be coming up. And one thing uh, you can do right off the rip, Tony Ogorek, is to uh, just set aside maybe $1,000 uh, to get that uh, that emergency vet savings account going when you buy your pet or, or adopt your pet. You know, that's fine. However, you know, most people seem to be really good about, uh, you know, putting more of a balance on the credit card uh, than they do about putting more money in the bank on a regular basis. So, you know, if you know you are the kind of person who is does not have the discipline to, to regularly be able to put money away, then you really have to look at the insurance option and say, well, uh, you know what, uh, it's something that I'm, I'm paying, I'm going to have to pay, but I'm not going to be hit with those big bills. So part of it is, you know, your own personal, um, you know, makeup in terms of whether you're a saver or a spender. Other is the kind of breed that you're looking at. Um, I, I think all that goes into the equation. Sounds like you have a dog who has some thoughts on uh, this particular Listen, subject, too. I, I, brought, I brought this in specifically for this bit, you know, so that we could add some color to it. Well, I was going to say, on top of uh, just uh, uh, setting up the savings account or maybe going pet insurance, is this a situation where you could actually make higher interest rates work for you? 
Well, here's an interesting concept, you know, and I normally don't advise this, but let's say, you know, if, if you take that thousand dollars, if instead you would put it in a 401k plan, you are going to save taxes on the money that you put in there. So you've actually got more going in. Now, you also have the possibility of drawing on that. You'd have to pay it back, you know, over no later than a five-year time period. But any interest that you're paying, you're paying to yourself. So that's, you know, another option people could look at as an alternative to getting that second job, Rob. Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo, New York. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's Noon Business Hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.